0: So, this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. And Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get?
1: Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/dropin
0: Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run.
1: And this is Megan with Believe in the Run.
0: And you're listening to the Drop Podcast, our weekly podcast about all sorts of nonsense that includes running.
2: Mostly nonsense. I always feel like I have to disclaim that. Why? I don't know. Just so people know. Know what they're in for. I I like to give people a warning.
0: Once again, Megan's joining us from Amelia Island, Florida, where she is currently Robbie, you're going to be there this week. Tomorrow. Isn't it weird? It's like our second office.
2: Yeah. I've kind of, I think during the pandemic, I had some dreams about opening a second office there.
0: Did like have, lucid dreams or like, you're like, hey, maybe it'd be a good idea.
2: Yeah. It's like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> get out of the city. Um. But anyways, those dreams didn't come to fruition. So here we are. Living our li- best lives, worst lives in Baltimore. Dreams don't always come true, Robbie. I trust me, I know.
0: <laughs> All right. So Meg, uh, I'm guessing that you're getting your miles in. We actually got a little break in the weather. Humidity was down, dew point was down, temperatures were down. But for you, it was still that heat and humidity that no other place like Florida can deliver. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a real, real treat down here. We actually got a little bit of a, of a break yesterday. It was like the humidity dropped, but of course this is after the 20 mile long run on Saturday that this break came. So that was a um, very fun one. Like I said, I didn't have the nutrition I wanted, but I ended up just sending uh, Megan Featherston a message being like, I have one martin gel 20 miles, nine miles of marathon pace. When should I take it? <laughs> and re- she said, take it at the hour mark. You'll be fine.
2: You so, really don't want to say Morton. I did. Morton is a- t- Morton, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to call a- it
1: Martin forever.
2: Morton's a table salt. Let's be honest. Yeah. When it rains, it pours. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, All right. So you got through it
0: with uh, one Morton. And I'm guessing you used a handheld- uh, for hydration down there
1: yeah so I did and I got two bottles of scratch so I filled one bottle and I did like a sort of an out and back so that halfway through I could just refill it
0: the run actually went really well like I know when I talked to you you were kind of like downplaying it but I mean 709 pace for 20 miles in that heat on a run is pretty I thought was pretty impressive
1: Yeah, I tried to give myself the same advice that I give uh, some of the people I coach, which is when you're it's this hot and humid, like you got to give yourself some grace and maybe like 10 to 15 seconds per mile slower than you would expect to run on like race day because of the conditions. So I was pretty, pretty spot on with those. So I was, I was happy with it. It was like really hard. Like it was, it was, I was very uncomfortable.
0: But you but got it done. I guess
1: that's part of it. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's that's what it felt like. I think we're all hitting runs that we're starting to incorporate the marathon training in. I know Robbie was out there doing your run this weekend. And uh, you, I, I on the way out, I don't remember seeing you. But
2: on the way back, I know that you're putting in some oh, faster paces. A, yeah. I did uh, 13-ish, a little bit more, I think. But, yeah, I was trying to get it faster on the back half. It wasn't as fast as I was hoping for. It's like, 7.45s, but I also went out a little bit, like, around 8. So, yeah, overall, it was, like, a 7.50, like, 13 miles. So, overall, it was a good effort, though, you think, for... Yeah, I mean, pretty good. I think I was hoping for a little bit more, but also haven't done a long run in a few weeks because of my ankle and stuff like that. So, that was... I mean, it, it was okay. Yeah. But I, I ran in...
1: What shoes did you wear? So
2: I ran in the Nova Blast, actually, because I hadn't done a long run in them yet. And I wanted something that was cushiony, but, you know, could still pick it up a little bit. And yeah, they were great. Aren't they? Oh, yeah. I, I love still them. love them.
0: But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I was out there. I did the experiment with um, popping. I did my first... I did 17 miles. So the first six miles I did with the nike zoom fly mm-hmm. which is as you know because you're running in it now it's a little bit on the stiff side and a little bit on the heavy side yeah and then i switched into the endorphin uh pro Socony endorphin pro for the uh last 11 miles and man you love that. They felt so good. Like, <laughs> I think it's worth it to wear the Zoom fly just to feel how good it feels to put another shoe on. A shining endorsement of the Nike Zoom fly. Yeah. And I had, uh, I had uh, basically in that last 11 miles, I had um, two sections of three miles each at, was it supposed to be marathon pace, Meg? What was it supposed to be?
1: Marathon pace. Yeah.
0: So, and I went a little faster than you had me down for. But it was a good reminder that, man, those paces are just going to hurt. And you just got to stick with it and just try to be as comfortable as you can. But it's definitely feeling effort mm. to get it done. But it was so nice because on the way out, I finished <laughs> the first three-mile segment before we met up with the Faster Bastards and went out to the turnaround. And then my second three miles I finished before, you know, the picture. And mm. then we turn around and go back. And... uh I was like, oh, I only have to run four miles. Easy, it'll be easy, and you forget like how taxing it is to to try to run the fast pace. So the last four miles were just
2: miserable. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I was just so tired. How about uh, it's smelling like sulfur the whole way along the run because there's this <laughs> there's a some sort of algae type bloom. Is that what's going on? Mm-hmm. So it's called the pistachio should be uh, called the egg fart. I think it's called pistachio bloom or something. <laughs> Is yeah. it because of the color, green? hmm So I actually looked into it, and it's when there's a... Like, say it's, like, really hot uh, one day, and then it gets cold the next night. The the cold water, I guess, on the surface, like, because cold, it's denser than the water beneath it, it, like, basically drops to the bottom, and then everything on the bottom comes uh. up. yeah. So that's
0: what's happening. The bottom is coming up.
2: It's the gross bottom of bottom of Baltimore or nice. Harbor. I mean, um, it did.
0: There was some egg smell, and as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I noticed it today. Yeah, because I was running, and like there was a real pungent smell, and I saw a guy walking towards
2: the smell, and I was past the smell. I was like, he has no idea what he's about to walk into. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse though than the the rotting fish guts of the aquarium dumpster. That in the summer, oh. I think, is a challenge all in itself. I have
0: one time I buckled over and almost threw up in my mouth coming past that part. Oh, yeah. And if you've ever run it, you know. <laughs> it's basically, so the aquarium, how many fish do you think they have in there? they got to have a million fish, right?
2: Uh, that's actually an interesting question. A million? I wouldn't say a million. I mean, think of the little guys. No. I'd say a, a hundreds of thousands. <laughs> okay. I'll go with that. A couple hundred thousand. And they have to feed all these guys. Yeah.
0: Or do they cannibalize each other? No, because they're kept in different, like, areas.
2: Mm, just see what happens. Yeah, let all the animal, let all the aquatic animals. You think when a dolphin, like, say when a large fish dies or a shark, do you think they throw, what do you think they do with that? You think they just throw it in the dumpster? Or you think they, like, they probably chop it up and give it to other fish, right? That's a good question. We should find out. <laughs> we should find
0: out. Um, yeah, but it they <laughs> they have to feed all those fish. And I think what they do is they like a sushi chef comes in, cuts it up, and they throw the waste out. And I'm also thinking there's probably tre- you know like pumps and stuff that filter. Yeah, and it's a lot it's of probably stuff. like a fish waste in it. Yeah, you can hit this corner of the National Aquarium, and and it's it's worth talking about on this episode because it is the National Aquarium. So it's a great aquarium. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But you hit that corner, and if, if that dumpster's Getting any sunlight on it, heating that
2: sucker up. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's a wall. It's just a wall. I don't the, even know how to the describe the smell. It's it's the most garbagey smell you could ever imagine. Mm. Although I will say, Baltimore, like on Fells Point on garbage day, is a second, <laughs> like
0: <laughs> it's insane. It's it's like the truck leaks a juice and just paves the streets with the garbage juice. Dude,
2: how much does someone have to pay you to like do a shot of the garbage juice? That you, you, there's, Robbie, not that, come there's not that. There's not enough. Had to ask. There's not enough
0: money in the world. <laughs> in the world. In the world. There's no dude. Like dude, if Steve-O from
2: Jackass would do it,
1: that would kill you. I don't think it would. That would kill you. Would
2: Steve-O do it? I think he would. Dude, he drank like beers from someone's butt crack like before. I I, I would probably oh. do
0: that before drinking the bile from. Like a garbage truck. I think
2: there's an episode. Didn't uh, in the one Jackass movie he got like tossed around a porta potty that was completely open. Like they just shook it up with him inside of it. No. Same beat. I difference. don't know. I same. know they launched one of them. Like the guy went in and then they catapulted the, the yeah. Porta potty. I'll skip. The, let's skip the part where I tell how much I would get paid to do it. And All then right, we'll just keep going. I All right. Say you would do it though. There's the garbage a There's shot? a number. There's a number. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but. Would it cover your medical bills? <laughs> yeah. All right. Get that.
1: Robbie, did Thomas tell you what I ordered from Amazon that's arriving any minute?
2: I don't think so, but I'm, I'm very interested.
1: A bee suit. Like, oh. So there is a hornet's nest oh. in my parents' backyard that they are building. They have one of those outdoor heaters Yeah. Um, that's like enclosed right now obviously cuz it's very hot here and you can hear the hornets Whoa. and they're just going in and out all day and so we know there's like they're building like this giant nest and I was like mom how are you going to get rid of this and she's like i figured i would just wait till the winter and i was like no it's florida we're, we're going to <laughs> Yeah it's in. Ne- never winter <laughs> so so yeah i've got a bee suit coming and i'm going to take it down later today
2: interesting don't, just don't do the spray paint can with the lighter trick WD40 can I can get out of hand. Uh, f- from experience, <laughs> Flamethrower. Uh, <laughs> you can light like that's what we used to do at my friend's house. Like, just l- take a lighter and then w forty and spray the hornet nest or whatever. But I mean, at a house, not a good idea. Yeah, shed. It's cool.
1: Did you have a bee suit?
2: Uh, no, my mom does because she's a bee. She keeps bees, but actually, she never even wears it. She just does.
0: Well, it will be it. incorporated into
2: one of our reviews soon. I like it. if it's a hornet, yeah. If it's a hornet's nest, for sure. You, yeah, that's that's you don't want to mess with that. I was surprised yesterday. I was at Patterson Park and
0: like a hornet landed on me and mm. I didn't freak out. Oh, and there that's was like good. there was like uh, which I was surprised, but there was like uh, I was with my kids, so I probably was trying to keep cool, but um, the there was like four or five of them circling around. Oh, like I'm like, oh, and they're big and gross looking. What's
2: uh, yeah. So, what's the plan for you to? How do? How are you gonna dispose of it?
1: Uh, I haven't really thought it through fully, but I think I'm just gonna like grab it and then throw it. How the big woods. is it? We don't know because oh. I can't see. You know it. what you
0: should do is get that foam. You know the foam that expands from the can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just take, g- get in, take the nozzle of the foam thing, shoot it into one of their holes, and just fill up their entire thing with that that foam they won't be able to get out yeah and then they
1: say that just basic water and dishwasher soap like you mix that together and spray it and apparently that kills them
2: okay i'm interested i'm very this story is kills the water i know i wish it's going to be
0: videotaped right
2: i I was thinking what shoe oh yeah you got it yeah um we'll we'll put that my sister is
1: gonna capture nice is she getting
2: a bee suit too or is she doing it from inside
1: no, I told her. She got a B-suit, but it's the one Like, from... B-suits are not super cheap, so I just told her to stay inside and film.
0: I was saying you should get a. Or film a What was that song? Um, All I can say is
2: that. They need be oh, they need. Blind Melon? Yeah, she
0: should get the Blind Melon B-suit.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it'd be funny. You know how when people order, like, things on Amazon? I've done this before where. I ordered a storage container and it came and it was like six inches. <laughs> was like
0: He thought he was getting <laughs> a
2: garage. I, I was like, oh, that's a pretty good deal for like a storage container, like, a, you know, like a tub, one of those plastic bins. And it was like six inches long. This could keep like a pencil in it. But that'd be funny if uh, you actually just got a bee costume and uh, oh, you thought you were getting anything. a bee suit, <laughs> like basically what Thomas was saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyways, so that's cool um and robbie you're
0: heading down to florida while mm-hmm. we go to falmouth yeah this this week i think it's a mistake but i understand you you had children you have responsibilities
2: disney is disney is calling
0: so are you gonna run when you're down there like how are you gonna get your stuff in? I,
2: I have to run i'm i'm don't know how i'm gonna do my long run actually i think i can do it sunday but that's yeah running is gonna be a little bit like i don't know you're gonna be on your feet a lot that's the other thing what shoe are you gonna wear for that for the
0: the disney dad yeah disney dad shoe
2: i wish i had some i'll tell you what nike monarchs on clouds ruled universal 100 oh, yeah i well that's funny because I, I was going to bring this on shoe that we're going to talk about because i had to run in it and i guess i was like i guess i could wear it but i'm just going to be like it's going to be like a uniform for Disney, you know, to wear an on-shoe.
1: There's so many on-shoes yeah. here. Like every person I pass on the trail is wearing That's a pair crazy. of on-shoes.
2: Yeah, it's. I
0: feel sad Do for you them. know what makes me sad when I see that? They clearly don't read our reviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, yeah. don't,
2: they don't know who we are. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was thinking Nova Blast so it would be a comfortable shoe. Um, Maybe I probably will wear like the Nike. I, I did a Nike did the, Peg Trail, honestly I'll probably wear that. Okay. I did the Pegasus. Yeah.
0: For That's uh, a good one. Universal. That's a good one. It was it's all white, so I had the dad look. Mm-hmm. And uh it did it did all right. I yeah. think if I was gonna go this time I'd take that Tecker's X shoe. Oh
2: uh, yeah, not a bad not a bad idea as well. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh how fit fit in running and obviously we are doing a lot of walking and Disney. I'm excited to go for my kids, but I also don't get the Disney, uh, like some people are really into it. I'm just adults that are into it. Yeah. I'm not sure I get that. Um, you know, it's, I thought
0: universal was fun the first day. Yeah. And you kind of see stuff and you're like, wow, the excitement of being there with the kids, the kids are all fired up by the third day. The magic's kind of worn off mm. and you're kind of like, Yeah. Another line. I do love me a good roller coaster, though, for sure. Roller coasters are out. Mm. Now it's those 3D shows. Yeah. You just sit in a chair that whips around. See,
1: and I don't don't like that. Mm -hmm. That's like you're... I like... The whole point, I feel like, of an amusement park is at least you're outside.
0: Not anymore. You go into, like, a garage for every ride.
2: Man, these kids, millennials, screens and shit.
0: We did do one of the roller coasters, and it, it was fun, but I have to say the interactive immersive rides yeah, it's cool. are so crazy now like the harry potter broomstick ride like i almost got nauseous like you yeah. are flying around and you get totally disoriented your chairs are moving around i got
2: nauseous on the haggard one and that wasn't even because they didn't have the broom one yet uh um, wait the haggard one's a roller coaster yeah but that i got no- i even got nauseous on that mm. which by the way i do get obsession if there's a harry potter obsession i get it me because i have it uh That place was amazing.
0: Do you know who's into that right now?
2: My boy, Henry. Oh, really? Henry
0: got into it, and I'm like, "This is amazing." He's reading. Uh, There you go. He's watching the
2: movies.
1: Wait, Robbie, will you do the upside down roller coasters?
2: Yeah, I'm into all. Megan doesn't like roller coasters of all kinds.
1: Those are the only ones I won't do. Because what happens when you get stuck upside down? You went with us
2: when we did the one
0: down in um, Bush Gardens.
1: I didn't know. I didn't know that one had an upside down. <laughs> you portion. mean just like a? I was tricked into that. Just a that. loop?
2: Any looped roller coaster? A looped loop.
1: Yeah, um, I don't like that.
2: Yeah, it's always. It, it's crazy that like people still that still happens, that people get stuck in the upside down. That's sh- like Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. They should make a Stranger Things roller coaster where people get stuck in the upside down. And just gets stuck at the top of the loop. Or every, every the time. first
0: half is like normal and you're right side up, and the second half. Just all upside down. All upside down in in the dark. (laughs)
2: That'd be awesome. That
0: actually is a great idea. Yeah. Robbie, contact whoever Netflix land. Okay. And be like, this is the ride.
2: All right, I'm into it. Yeah, so. It'd be like the same ride, just all of it upside down. (laughs) I think it's a good idea. It is. But yeah, so that's happening. I don't know what else is going on. I don't know what's going on with you guys. Um, Obviously, you're going to Falmouth, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I, Falmouth I am, was awesome last year. You, I know you're gonna feel a little FOMO, yeah. I mean, just well, especially because the faster bastards, there's a whole group of them going up, and obviously with ASICs and the race in general, is especially this year. Last year was a little bit covety still, so we weren't as many people out, yeah. But now it's gonna be crazy, should be full on. Pickleball should be going nuts. Oh, yeah, that was
0: the best. So, to describe the course a little bit, you, it's a seven mile course. Mm-hmm. It starts off in the cutest little town that looks like they could have filmed part of Jaws there.
2: It's called toad's hole. I think not to get confused with the toad in the hole or the egg in a basket. I mean, I just love that. We have to bring this up every Every. podcast, so (laughs) any way I can work it every time. (laughs) Yeah, but it starts off in this
0: cute little town, um, quintessential new England style, like little boat fishing town and then rolling Hills. Did, when did the rolling hills stop? I'd say like.
1: I feel like. Halfway, yeah, like mile three. After a couple yeah. of miles. So it, yeah. rolling
0: hills, and then it kind of levels out, but then you hit like a, a, a kind of a uphill grade, and then a down, and then a pretty severe, up, and then you cruise down into the beach.
2: It sounded like you just gave a code for Nintendo. It's yeah. Like it, down up. Left right, left right select. Now you got the magic hat. <laughs> um, contra code, I, yeah anyways but there is that one section that runs along the ocean which is really cool but you're also like exposed so you're exposed, exposed to hot day and you're ready to be done like yeah. it's you're close enough that you're like it's over i was just every time people had a super soaker or water or hoses i would just run through those to stay cool and it, I, I feel like it worked you got super soaked yeah i still puked at the end but, but the
0: coolest thing is when you're doing your warm up uh, for this race, there's like a little side road or a side trail. I don't even know what you call it. Yeah. And you're running past every elite that, like last time, it was Molly Seidel and Parker and Stinson. Parker Stinson. Uh, who else was there? There's some insane names um, there that we saw.
2: Who's the dude who won the A6 guy? Ben. Why do I always forget his name?
0: I don't know. But it, you're just running past like a ton of people that you recognize and are like fans of. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you line up and they're right there in the beginning.
2: And yeah, it's just such
0: a, it's a special race. Which
2: re- reminds me, make sure you get uh, pictures of any prototype shoes at, while you're at the start line.
0: I actually had a talk <laughs> with Jared. So we can anger
2: every shoe company.
0: <laughs> Jared is taking this race really seriously. Is he? Oh, <laughs> wife foot jarrett so he so this saturday we had you know the first thing he says to me he walks up to me he's like i don't know if i'm in the shape yeah, he said the same thing to me shade, too. to run i said who cares it's a it's, seven I mile it's, it's not even a real race. distance yeah <laughs> we're just there to have fun and he's like all worked up about it so his workout this weekend was supposed to be just a couple what megan would you give him a couple miles at like race pace
1: yeah like it was like two by two miles at marathon pace or a little he faster. Just
2: went faster than that. Yeah.
0: Instead he just ran. His-
1: he ran the whole thing at like, yeah, faster than marathon yeah. pace. So
0: because he's all worked up about
2: Thomas. That's, that's a good way to do it.
0: <laughs> no, burn yourself yeah. out right before the
2: race. <laughs> Is that the right strategy coach?
1: No, he'll be fine. That he'll be fine. This is—I feel like everyone does this in the dead of summer when, like, your paces are slower than they normally are, and then you get in your head and you're like, "I'm not fit anymore." Mm. But then you get a cool day, and it all comes together. Yeah. yeah. And
0: even if it doesn't, it's a seven-mile race. You know, I th- is I—the only thing I can think of is there's going to be uh, other media there, so he probably wants to, you know, not be.
2: I guess so. Yeah. Are you gonna race it, Thomas? What's your deal? You know how I do. <laughs> uh i can't wait <laughs> to see what happens i speaking of head cases I, I am a head
0: case but i am thinking that like i don't at this time like before i was like i just want to run it easy and then robbie and Jarrett went out so i felt like trash that i didn't uh work hard at it but the this year i'm just like i'll just see how i feel when i get to line i'm doing the steve magnus thing where i'm giving myself a choice if i get to the line and i just feel like running i'll just run if i get to the line i feel like racing i'll race
2: okay but it'll
0: be up to me it's my choice yeah (laughs) you should definitely obsess over it as much as you can um i just are we getting new gear because like i really love
2: that white singlet and i can't find it anywhere i don't know where it went yeah mine is covered with nipple blood so i didn't throw it out but so did you have liquid band-aid on when you did that no so why because it was seven miles Yeah, I mean, at the time it wasn't like an issue, but the issue was that the pins were like, I had pinned my bib too high. So that's what, that's what did it in, I think. I had pin pin nipples. Does that make sense? Pineapples. Pine, oh. (laughs) Throw an E in there. There you go. It turns a tragedy into something delicious. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so they were prickly, but... Yeah, I don't know what happened that day. It was just crazy. That's the only time I've ever uh, bled out during a race, I guess. Mine have gotten real sensitive.
0: If anybody has any tips for the nips, (laughs) um, then shoot them over. But I think what I'm going to be doing is uh, maybe I'll try, uh, what's his name, Jared's trick with the Band-Aids. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to consult because it did, for some reason, it's just the perfect temperature at Falmouth for – like, not sweating too hard, but just enough to create a sandpaper of salt on your yeah. singlet and just rub it in. Mm-hmm. And I spend most of the time in the summer running without a singlet, so my babies are soft. <laughs> they're ready. They're
2: ready yeah, to they're, get destroyed. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're ready to get get hammered. I'm finally getting to, to the point. Like, for me, I'm going to line up at London. I just want to run well. If yeah. I run well and it's a BQ, great. If I run well and it's not great i just want to run well so uh, like maybe i know i know the reason you wanted to sign up for erie was the bq but like just go out there and and just run it and who knows that day you may have a fantastic day and you may be able to hit but i wouldn't count it out and i wouldn't try to predict
2: yeah i i think i just i'm just trying to run i mean if, if i pr that would be cool i think i could still do that so just to go out there and I just want to, and Matt, our friend Matt is who I'm going with and he's going for BQ. He's definitely going to get it. He's been like beast mode right now, but it will be cool just to be there for him to do it. And I kind of just want to do a little bit of a road trip. Just no offense. Not with you guys. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, I was going to do Erie. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it will be nice just to like have a weekend to have fun but i think
0: you're you're already in your head too much uh maybe like what what do you care like what if you go out there and you have a great day as long as you know that you don't run out the
2: shoot at like six minute pace yeah it doesn't bother me that much i just don't think it's happening i mean i'm not super bummed about it but
0: uh I'm I'm, i'm bummed that you're you're discounted you don't you have no
2: idea what's gonna happen
1: do you know what um, you're going to do for nutrition?
2: Uh, I mean, I'll probably do every 45 minutes, like, Guru Octane. That's usually what I like to do on race day. Um,
1: okay, because you should be, at this point, probably taking in some of that on your long runs now. That's
2: probably a good idea. Um,
1: <laughs> Just saying. So your stomach's ready for it and used to yeah, it. Yeah, I've know?
2: never really had race day stomach problems ever mainly because I spend three hours in the bathroom prior to race the race. So there's (laughs) nothing else. Um, And I think because I eat like trash uh, throughout the training cycle and the rest of my life. So my stomach is used to uh, uh, anything that I throw at it.
1: All right. By the way, I have a half torta in the
2: fridge from Friday. I'm going to hit that up for lunch. Oh, that was was good. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see about the race day, but who knows? Anyways, we can we can move on let's, to this yeah let's talk. dive
0: into the on so guys we actually all liked the on cloud monster so it was like a first on that we all were like all right
2: I, i'm actually wearing it on my feet right now
0: you are I right? still wear it that actually would be a great disney shoe
2: you are right it would be it's, it would be a very nice it's one. got the nice colors it's got that purple
0: that i don't know why purple feels disney-ish to me but yeah it goes all right so tell
2: people what you are talking about today so today we're talking about the on cloud go which is a new shoe that just came out i think as a time of this podcast yesterday and buck 40 yeah not too bad for an on shoe
0: price point this it, is there to compete with like the ghost with the pegasus with the mm-hmm. daily trainer round you know it's not super expensive yeah so
2: it's a little bit more than those shoes but you know it's on so expect that you're paying for that swiss they i was actually surprised because i took this out and expected it to be pretty clunky uh just based on the looks and it was not bad uh it's not like the greatest shoe ever but they did a good job of making it more like comfortable so would you say it compares to maybe like a peg or or do you like i mean where do you think it feels i'm probably still picking a pegasus over this um I like. I really like the Pegasus 39. But I would say in that range of the... I was going to say... I think Brooks Ghost is the one that... Or... Ghost? Yeah. Yeah. Was the one that made me... Like, off the top of my head that I thought of. Um, So, what they did was they actually added, like, an... Before, it used to just be that speed board and then the strobe layer, and, like, that was it. Uh, So, they added an extra level cushion above that. Um, And then, like, the cloud pods on it are... You could see if you're watching the YouTube version that the cloud pods are less pronounced. They're not all the way through. Yeah, so it's uh,
0: there's a lot more midsole there, and then w- would also- you say that cloud pods are maybe just an aesthetic? I'm saying yeah. I mean, I mean because they don't like on the other shoe, it's like the little U shape is what you're running on. On these, they're not. It doesn't go all the way. They through. do go
2: the whole way through. They do. Yeah i could see light at the end of the tunnel yeah, maybe i'm wrong but they but they're definitely less uh, I don't know, spacious i should say yeah and the cutout in the bottom isn't as crazy as it used to be because you used to be able to see the speed board and get, get rocks stuck in there but this is just a l- slightly cut out so uh overall not too bad i i only have one six mile run in it so i need to get more miles in it but i haven't even put taken them out of the box yet I yeah. need to get mine out of the box. Mm-hmm. We have right
0: now the shoes that we're reviewing, we have um, the Rebel V3. Meg just got the Moore, uh 4. I, I think I'm supposed to get the more 4, but it didn't arrive yet. And then um, we've got Nike Zoom Fly 5. Yeah, and we've got some Solomon uh, trainers. So we've got a lot in right now to get Miles in. So I'm planning on getting some runs in the cloud this week.
2: Yeah, the Zoom Fly not not a huge hit. I don't I mean I don't know. What do you think? It's it's heavy. Um, it's what it it's the Zoom Fly, like the same as last year, just a little. It bit. It is. But here's
0: the weird thing about the Zoom Fly: the Zoom Fly started off being kind of like the alternative to the Vapor Fly because they couldn't get enough Vapor Flies to everybody. Remember that mm-hmm. whole fiasco of people like going online trying to get a pair of Vapor Flies and just couldn't get them. Yeah. So the Zoom Fly was like, okay, we'll use a different foam. It still have at the time it came out with a plastic plate originally, and then they moved it to carbon. But it was sort of supposed to be a race alternative to the Vapor Fly um, that you could actually put more miles on because it had a sturdier foam. But now it's not even close to a ratio.
2: It's it's pro- one of the heaviest shoes out there, right? It is it has to be.
0: You know what I think it does well and this is what i'll call it it kind of mimics the feeling of the alpha fly under the feet like where the flares are right underneath the palm of your Mm -hmm. uh, of your foot it kind of for me it kind of replicates that feeling of the alpha fly a little bit the way the shoe is set up so i'm guessing you would train in that and it'd be so heavy and everything that when you put on the alpha fly which is still kind of heavy for a race day it'll feel so light <laughs> maybe that, yeah
2: that you'd be like oh okay i did i do feel it felt a little bouncier than last year's version because of that zoom x but it's all trash zoom x that they packed into the midsole uh but you know what actually sucks in that shoe that i found out this morning is the outsole grip because i ran in the rain in it and i was like it's not good oh no it was so it's the same rubber as the trail shoes <laughs> it was slipped like it was not very unstable or unsure
0: i would have thought that was pretty grippy though like when i was running it it felt grippy on the dry roads
2: yeah i mean i thought the same thing but yeah in the rain it was a little dicey Mm. so watch out for that yeah and oh here's the other crazy thing but that i was texting you about uh it has uh, i don't have enough for here but the it has a cut out like window on the bottom where where you you can see the particle board yeah um the, yeah the zoom scraps like it, it no, it's there for aesthetics but it's to prove a, there's ZoomX in it. yeah but it's basically a cutout. and when i would land sometimes it would act as a suction cup so i i could feel it pulling against my foot like it was suction to the ground like my foot would suction to the ground and i could feel it, like pulling off like a, i was like what is happening something like an octopus <laughs> yeah it was literally like that i was like this is crazy but anyways
0: i mean it's it's a really tough shoe to put into the rotation i just don't know where it fits like it's not a great daily trainer it's not a fast day shoe it's not a comfy cozy recovery shoe
2: yeah it's like the and it's like a bastardization of all the shoes yeah the invincible i mean really joyride yeah (laughs) similar which nobody liked um yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, hey, you—I can't wait to get to running it, Meg. Yeah, we really, <laughs> we sell it to you.
1: I'm, you're really you want, selling you want, it. You know, so. what,
0: Meg. Did you get the Boston Eleven or Boston Ten? The Adidas. Okay. I did not like. You that didn't show. like it.
2: Mm-mm. Okay it it reminds me a ton of the There's Boston similar vibes for sure. Yeah. Anyways, uh, anything else for today? This high-energy show was brought to you by... Yeah, I feel like we're a little low-energy, so yeah. maybe apologies to the people. Yeah, uh, hopefully this is a slow run for you. <laughs> yeah, you're plodding along out there. Um, yeah, nothing else here, really. Killed a rat last night. but that's, <laughs> We don't have to talk about that.
1: No more I'm not tell, I just, I just had to tell no I just more. had to throw it in
2: there just to make sure it was known.
0: All right. Things to look forward to will be our recap from Falmouth. Some stories from Disney world from Robbie. I am sure he will come back and there is a rat there. So get ready for that. Mickey um, mouse.
2: Yeah. Oh, he better watch out. Yeah,
0: he better. Robbie's going to come down don't, there with a glue trap. Don't leave that tail <laughs> hanging out. And then, uh, we've, we're going to have stories from Falmouth. We're going to have, what else are we going to have besides uh, your Disney world stories from Falmouth, something else. Uh, I don't know. Continued, uh, Stories about our run to uh, train to New York City Marathon, mm-hmm. which is exciting. We should be rolling out some content for that soon. Um, yes, yeah.
2: and uh, today's podcast guest is Sarah Sellers. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? We nope. did.
0: We started our B-I-T-R, the drop, B-I-T-R.
2: Oh, playlist? Yeah, I Spotify. haven't added to that yet. Yeah, you need to add to it. I better do it before it's all Smith what, songs.
0: What we'll do is th- <laughs> this week we'll all add four songs. And then each week we'll add a song and maybe make a giant list of songs. Is
2: yours just Morrissey? No, no. I, I,
0: kind of, I put in some different vibes there. Okay. I think you'll dig it. Um, but yeah, so check that out on Spotify. It's the drop B I T R.
2: Can anyone, sorry, say that again.
0: It's the drop
2: B I T R like playlist. Oh, okay. Um, can anyone add it? Like, we can just add to that? I just added you guys. Oh,
0: okay. You have a link that lasts, I think, 24 hours or so, so I may have to resend it to you. Sorry. But um, or maybe it's 48 hours. And then you can
2: add, mm. add songs. Okay, cool. I will do that. Well, today's guest is Sarah Sellers. And I do an intro when I introduce her, so I probably don't have to say the whole thing here. But... She came in second to Deslyn in the 2018 Boston Marathon, which is kind of baller uh, in that she, race. And she did it in altras. That was the creep. Yeah, spoiler alert, but I guess yeah. you can throw it out there. You got to hear it. We won't blow our minds when we yeah. find that out. She signed with
0: ASICS now, but I really feel like she would have come in first place if she had had a different pair of shoes on.
2: There is something. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, we talk about that and a lot more. It's a good podcast to listen on.
0: First check-in. Boy, you can tell we're a little tired. We're in the middle of marathon training. It's still got that summer heat. It just drains you. Got a lot going on. And what I'm going to tell you is that this is the perfect time for you to remember that it's okay to slow down every once in a while. It's better to get out and do a slow run than to take a complete day off. Or maybe sometimes it's all right to take a whole day off if you're tired. But Keep plugging away.
2: So, today we're here with Sarah Sellers. She is a marathoner who By the way, finished second behind Des Linden in that crazy 2018 Boston Marathon. Who
0: cares about finishing second? Didn't you
2: just win Grandma's?
3: Uh, Actually, second again. Second again. (laughs) Yeah, two seconds.
2: Uh, And she's a nurse anesthetist. Did I get that right? That's a tough word to say. We had to practice that a few times. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, so... So, full time job.
3: Nice. You're basically, you are, an, if you can say it right, then you automatically become one. So, oh, right?
2: Robbie, yeah, just you get your
3: doctor. Just if you want. Yeah.
0: Ha- hand me the needles. Yep. Hand me good the Dr. Robbie. <laughs> <We're good> doctor, Robbie. <laughs> Dr. Raccoon.
3: Exactly. That's the hardest part. And,
0: and just to be clear, that's the person that puts you to sleep before an operation, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, depending on where you practice, uh, Where where I practice, it's always been with an anesthesiologist, Um, so you're either with an anesthesiologist or uh, independent some places.
2: Do you feel like you have a lot of power in your hands at that job? I think it's a scary job.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely more impactful consequences, I feel like, than... Like, running, it feels like, is more uh, for me and, like... If something goes wrong, like, I'm going to be really bummed. But, like, yeah, anesthesia <laughs> yeah. is definitely, like, it should look really boring most of the time. Like, to the outside, if, if, if you're not the one practicing it, it should look extremely boring. Um, and if it doesn't look boring, then something bad is probably <laughs> happening.
0: Yeah, It's funny because uh, I often use that as an example of what you're talking about uh, to friends that are, like, kind of over, maybe not over, emphasizing difficulties, but, like, we are complaining about something. And I'm like, look, it, my friend's wife, she was a critical nurse in the um, it, at the hospital. When something goes wrong on her day, somebody dies. When something goes wrong on your day, you get annoyed and pissed off. You spilled your coffee. Yeah, you have to redo <laughs> some files or something. So, like, try to
3: get in perspective. It's true, yeah. And it definitely, like, uh, I don't know, not to be dark about it, but it's it, – I feel like it's like a continual perspective shift where it's like uh, I'll be having a pity party about a workout or something, and then yeah you go to work and some young person just diagnosed with cancer or something that you're like, oh okay. that doesn't matter what I just was bummed about
0: seriously, <laughs> yeah, I Actually, mean in a way that's a nice it's a it's a it's I wouldn't want to have that kind of stress on my life, but it is a nice like reset for you to kind of keep perspective-
2: can, can I ask you uh yeah exactly. Can I ask you one more question related? Well, we'll probably talk about more about it. But I always wonder this in jobs like that on the first time, say, out of school or training when you have to do it on your own. Is that a nerve wracking thing to do? Or do you feel like all your training and expertise put you in a spot to do it? I feel like I would still be super stressed out.
3: Yeah, for sure. I'd say I, I don't know, probably the first year out of school, every time I went to work, I was like kind of sick to my stomach (laughs) just because yeah most of the time things are going to be totally fine it's going to look boring but like there you only have to have a couple experiences where things are not fine but it's like you're kind of PTSDing at work every day like is is today going to be the i don't know so once i feel like once i was in practice for like a year i started to feel a lot more comfortable where it's like it's a lot more predictable and you know um, you're, you're just more comfortable and confident in what you're doing.
0: Yeah. yeah. So imagine Robbie, you're at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Maybe again, you've rolled your ankle, <laughs> but they're like this time we're going to take the leg off. And you, you see Sarah sellers walk up to your table. Are you more excited to get the operate or that you get to meet Sarah seller at the hospital there?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I would be very I feel very comfortable in the hands of Sarah knowing that this is somebody who, uh, came in second behind <laughs> Des Linden and, uh, I don't know, maybe that's a, maybe that's, that's a good, good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I'll become too comfortable. I don't know. Well, I don't
0: think Des Linden can anesthetize uh. you. So you know, <laughs> that's true. I, yeah. I, I'd yeah be, if Des Linden walked
2: in the room to do it, scared. then I'd be stressed. Hey, hey
3: that's not true. <laughs> I have full confidence that Des Linden could anesthetize either of you, but oh, no. she might with not
2: know su- how to wake you up. Wait, with
0: supervision though, right? Yeah, she could put us down, but she couldn't get us up. That's hard. yeah,
3: she could put you right to sleep. That's not hard. So, <laughs> but you might—I don't know.
0: So, which which was your last marathon? Was it was it uh, Grandma's?
3: Yeah. So yeah, I guess six weeks ago or something. Yeah.
0: Can Can we talk a little bit about it? Because I think what's interesting, you know, there's a couple runners out here that. Really can throw it down. Uh, you're one of them. And Kira D'Amato, who are not full-time runners. They actually have careers outside of running and fit training into their busy life. And I would guess that yours is extremely busy uh, with the demands of going into the hospital. And, and you have a stuff.
2: newborn or a, a child now too. Is that correct?
3: Yeah. So she's like a year and a half. She feels okay. like a newborn to me still. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm honestly, like, training for grandmas was actually um, really pretty smooth because we were just finishing up in Tucson. We've been in Tucson for about five years, and my husband's graduating residency. So um, I actually quit work a couple months early, kind of during the middle of my grandma's training block, just because it it made sense. We were leaving Tucson. I could have stayed in Tucson a couple months and worked and commuted, but... um, Yeah, I basically quit work a couple months early, focused on training for grandmas. And um, then, as soon as grandmas was done, we got ready to move to Massachusetts. So, uh, we kind of, the last few months have been in the middle of moving. And, um, but as far as like day to day, like I haven't done a 4 a.m. run in several months. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, like I've I was with family for a few months so I had like consistent babysitting for workout so really grandma's was like pretty smooth and easy um and now going forward it's a little bit like we just got out to Massachusetts a week ago and um still figuring out childcare and starting a new job and everything so um I kind of feel like it's like the opposite of grandma's, but <laughs> I mean, I still work. I'm still healthy, and workouts are going okay. So, yeah.
0: Wait, what are you training for right now?
3: Chicago. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, planning on Chicago. Hopefully,
2: nice. So, can we talk about how you? I don't know how you got into marathoning because you haven't been marathoning for that long. Basically, five years. Your first marathon was in 2017, uh, where you won with a time of 2:44 pretty nice first marathon by the way um and then of, of course we talked about the 2018 boston marathon and so maybe talk about how you fell into that
3: yeah so i mean i've run since middle school i always wanted to do the marathon um but in college i ended up with the navicular stress fracture that ended my collegiate running early right. and i honestly thought at that time that i would not ever be in a position to run high mileage and be training for a marathon. Um, So running was on the back burner for a few years um, when I went back to school for um, nurse anesthesia. And uh, it really wasn't until I finished school, we moved to Tucson um, about, I guess that was in 2017. I graduated um, undergrad in 2013. So really, it was like four years from the time I finished until I felt healthy and able to start training again. Um, And I kind of decided I'd give it like one serious go. And so I contacted my college coach, Paul Pilkington, and asked him if he'd coach me for Boston. Um, So I actually ran the Huntsville Marathon that you mentioned. Uh, That was a really fun race. It was definitely the most painful race I ever have run and hopefully <laughs> ever will run. Um, I was super unprepared. I had just done like some distance runs for a few months. I didn't do a single workout. I did no downhill running. And Huntsville drops, I think, like 4,500 feet. Oh, like wow. you start at like, you start over 8,000 feet and you finish around 4,000 feet. This <laughs> so, Hun-
0: Huntsville, Alabama? Like,
3: Utah. Oh, okay, <laughs> that
1: makes okay. More sense. I was like thinking
0: <laughs> yeah. Gump, flat, but no.
3: <laughs> yeah, See, it's and it's really beautiful and fun, but uh, I was so probably like a lot of marathons. They start a um, like a five k and a ten k that finish the, the finish line, and so as you're coming down the last like ten k and then five k, um, you're passing a lot of people who are walking either the 5 or the 10k and if it had not been for those walkers and runners like i would have stopped and walked because like my legs were in so much pain and i thought if i stop and stretch for a minute i'll be able to pick up my pace Um, (laughs) or lock up i kept waiting for there to be a gap in people because I was like, I'm not going to just stop running in the middle of all these people, so I'm going to wait till there's a gap, and there never was. <laughs> but I'm really glad that there never was because as soon as I got to the finish line, like, and I did stop running, I could not run I, like couldn't run again. <laughs> it was actually like they um, they had a little kids' run uh, like a half hour after the finish of the race, and the kids' run was just like a half mile jog around the block and it was for like elementary age kids uh and they asked the men's and women's marathon winners to (laughs) lead the kids run (laughs) and the men's winner was like yeah no way i'm not doing that (laughs) and i'm like i don't say no to people so i'm like oh sure i'll do that oh my god i i i actually couldn't run like it was this weird little i've never experienced that where like physically it was so much pain like I thought, my quads were just like I thought I was going to fall over the whole time, and um, some of the kids were trying to pass me. And th- <laughs> for some reason, the race organizers were like, "No, no, you can't pass Sarah. She's leading." And they're like, "She's so slow. Why is she <laughs> oh, <laughs> <man. should> run?"
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm that's hala- that's so. hilarious, but it's also cruel. Like, what race director is like, "Hey, you just finished the marathon. Now <laughs> mm-hmm. jog-, jog a mile with these kids." Like. Uh- <laughs> whoa yeah Yeah, is he a runner it
3: it, it would probably what's that is he a runner (laughs) oh yeah exactly i don't know i mean it it was a cruel joke
2: and also what's even more cruel is robbing the satisfaction from those kids to say ha i beat sarah sellers in a a race first place female (laughs) marathoner
3: i know well that's the thing i'm like let him go and they're like no no you you have to lead them so (laughs) i'm shuffling as fast as i can and yeah Oh man! But so I I was. If I had gone any slower, I don't think I would have gotten into the elite field for Boston 2018 because I ran yeah high 2:44 and I think the cutoff was 2:45. Wow! Um, So, which I didn't know. I just was kind of running it to just get a BQ.
0: All right, second check-in. If you're out there running, obviously you made the choice to muster through your exhaustion and get out here and get your run on, which you're already winning. So congrats on that. I was just going to ask, so how crazy is it then to move into the next phase and it's the pro field at Boston. And then like, how were you always like in a spot where you felt like, you were in control in that race and or were you really surprised by how well that went for you because that's a difficult course
3: yeah yeah uh so i yeah i felt like um training for boston was like at the time i thought it was extremely uh not ideal like I had just, yeah, I've started my first job. And like I was saying, I mean, I, I literally went to work like sick to my stomach every day. Like, (laughs) I don't know who I'm working with. I don't know what cases I'm going to have. I don't know. I don't know. I just, the, just the stresses of being brand new at it. Um, and then I did most of my workouts either before or after work. And I, a lot of times had to modify the workouts, um, which I never like to do, but, You know, if it was mile repeats, sometimes I had to cut to 800s or something because I was just worn out. So I kind of thought, like, I'm doing the best I can. But, you know, I would do mile repeats at, like, 520 pace. And, I mean, you know, women are doing it, like, 20, 30 seconds plus faster than that who were in the elite field. So I kind of considered myself just, like really lucky to be there. Like I paid my way to get there and I was going to have the best, I was going to do the best that I could. And I thought like it would be a huge stretch goal to be top 15. Um, and I did, I set that goal because, uh, prize money went through 15th place <laughs> and I think it's like a hundred dollars or something for 15th. But I still was like, that'd be really cool to say I won prize money <laughs> at Boston. <Yeah. laughs> so like that was my big stretch goal. Um, and then also, I had a time goal of running the Olympic Trials A standard of two thirty seven, um, but I really needed like great conditions for that. Um, so yeah, the time goal was out the window, obviously with the weather. Yeah, and let's talk about the weather uh, a little
0: bit. Yeah, like because that I mean, day was the- a freezing cold. Like people were getting hypothermia and stuff for, uh, that day, right? I mean, Des wore the jacket to the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> where did you feel like you dressed right
3: yeah the yeah and i think that was uh you know i was living in arizona at the time but i ran in utah since i like i grew up in utah like i was used to running in snow and sleet and um it's like i i knew pretty much what i was gonna wear um I started out with, a, like, a throwaway jacket that I got rid of after, like, I don't know, 5K or so, and um, and then I just wore, like, tank top, arm sleeves, gloves, and I knew everything would be soaked, but if I was, like, running fast, or running, if I didn't get cold at the beginning, I thought if I'm running marathon effort, like, I'll be fine. Um, and, yeah, I felt like I was never worried, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm, i'm not going to finish or and i think part of that was like i don't know i the analogy i've always thought of is i was like a Chevy Avalanche racing f- ferraris and <laughs> like there's these like incredibly fit fast like they can run 219 on a flat beautiful course um but like i have snow tires and like it's i don't know i felt like it was physiologically wasn't really that big a deal for me
2: i mean that was a big part of that race because uh you know des is from michigan so she trains in the same conditions that you're talking about a lot and obviously kenyans don't really or you know east africans don't really experience that type of weather very often or train in that weather and so that was a huge obviously a huge uh upside for for runners that you know training in those conditions and obviously it worked out.
3: Yeah, no, and that's that's really true. I mean, I get destroyed in like hot humid conditions.
0: So you got yeah. some prize money.
3: <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, I um my so it was the first thing my coach told me. is Like, "Do you know how much you won?" <laughs> like, "No." "How
2: much was uh that, that how much is that the, fun. How much is the payout for second place?"
3: Us uh, second was 75. <laughs> Nice.
2: You could buy that Chevy Avalanche. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, So I definitely, I I thought I was spending a lot to go out to Boston, but luckily it was worth it it. Yeah.
0: So is that, is there one race out of your races that you feel like you elevated, uh, to a new level? Is that the one?
3: I I guess that's the one that, like, opened doors and gave me a lot of opportunities. Um, I think, like, probably the Olympic Trials. Um, I was 11th there, and I feel like that was the first race that, uh, I felt like I really raced to my potential at the time. Um, because I feel like for the, for the two years between Boston and the Trials, like none of the marathons I did really panned out. Like, I think I was, uh, I was trying so hard to like level up to the expectation that second at Boston had set and I was just trying to force it and it, it wasn't happening. Um, so I think by the time the Olympic trials rolled around, I realized like I knew I had very little, This <laughs> I had a very tiny shot of making the team. Um, Like, not no shot, but, like, probably similar to getting second at Boston again, whereas, like, there's a lot of women who are a lot faster than me in this, so I kind of decided, like, I'm not going to just throw away my race by going out with the leaders and blowing up, Um, so I... I very much ran my own race, and I ended up by myself for the majority of the race, but I feel like I ran really a strong race in, like, the hills and the wind.
0: I'm starting to get, like, a compilation here, though. The Boston was frigid, and it's a hard course, lots of hills on the second half. Then you're talking about the Olympic trials, which a lot of people complained about the course, a lot of turns, a lot of hills, a lot of up and down. Um, very tough course. And again, I mean, that day the weather was pretty optimal, wasn't there? Was there wind?
3: It was wind, but otherwise it was nice. Yeah. So honestly, if I had, I think that was a little bit of a, a caveat to running by myself is like being completely by yourself in the wind. Um, I think if you do benefit by trading yeah, off I with agree. people.
2: So I did want to come back to, to, to Boston and, I'm trying to imagine what it was like for you. Maybe you could, obviously I want to know when you're coming down, uh, Boylston and you're like, I'm actually going to finish second place behind, <laughs> like in the Boston marathon. What did that feel like? like?
3: Um, I actually had no idea that I was in second <laughs> until after I crossed. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I, I was coming down. I remember distinctly like the home stretch, um, I knew I was doing a lot better than I expected because, like, I'd passed Shalane Flanagan and um, some other big names in the race. I also knew that they were having a really terrible day. So it's like, well, you know, I'm passing these amazing women, but they're also... It's not their day, so... And I had started out... Like, I let the whole lead pack pretty much go at the beginning. So um, I had no idea. I remember thinking as I ran down the home stretch, like... The crowd was going crazy and i thought like maybe i'm doing really well <laughs> and then <laughs> right at, i don't know probably 200 meters before the finish line um yuki passed me um oh, wow. because and yuki uh won the men's race right. obviously and uh and because you know they start 20 something minutes later like it timed it so that he happened to finish at the same time as me so as soon as he passed me my heart sank a little bit and I thought like they're going crazy because the men's winners coming through and maybe maybe 10 other women have already come through so I crossed the finish line and immediately asked the volunteers line the shoot what place am I and I remember like looking at one lady and I, I might have been incoherent but I asked her a couple times like what place am I and she kind of looks Like, she didn't know what to tell me, and then um, another lady pulled me aside, and she ended up being my drug testing escort, and she pulled me aside, and she's like, you were second place, and I'm like, no, no, what (laughs) what place am I? Like, she's like, no, you were second, and I was like, like, I need to find someone I know, because no, I wasn't, and I need to verify, like, Uh. so my husband was able to get to the finish line right then and i told him and uh yeah once he acted excited then i realized like oh i really was second
0: (laughs) what a crazy day that was between like i mean shalane helped uh, i mean uh des helped shalane in the porta potty and came back to win it yuki went out the whole time they're commenting there's no way you can hold this pace this is insane Sarah Sellers coming in, not even knowing she's got second place. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's crazy. This is amazing.
3: Definitely won the lottery that day as far as, yeah,
0: how, how conditions weird.
3: coming together and what I thought was unfavorable, but coming together in the right way.
0: How weird is it um, to go for the drug testing right after you're racing? Like, is it, do they take blood or do they, how does it, how does it work?
3: That time it was, yeah, it was just urine. I don't know if sometimes they take blood. Um, I kind of knew, I I thought that was, I I remember in the technical meeting uh, before the race, they said they talked about all the procedures and I kind of tuned it out because I thought they they said, you know, the top, this many places. And so I'm like, oh, that applies to those other people (laughs) who are going to get those places. Um, And yeah, I I kind of knew, knew to expect that. What I was surprised about is when I got home a couple of days later to Tucson, I had a drug tester show up at my house like three times within a week or something. Oh, wow. Um, so that was – that. I didn't know that. I didn't know they came to your house, especially <laughs> I wasn't in the testing pool at the time. But it, it makes sense. They would be wanting to verify things.
0: It's kind of a big deal. I mean, I don't know, like to be able to – coming second at boston i mean the only thing that i could think would be up there with like either placing really high at new york or boston would be um the olympics and the olympic trials and stuff
3: yeah that's what made it like really unique is that like i don't know i you know if if i i shouldn't have had that opportunity as a barely 244 marathoner on a downhill course like I shouldn't have even had the opportunity to, um, you know, in other sports. Like, when would that level of athletes have the opportunity to compete with, and on the right day, beat like the best the, in the in sport? The world, and, yeah. So I think it was like, yeah, it was just, it was just really unique, and I feel like it was yeah, just the confluence of it's yeah.
0: Did anybody reach out Thankfully, to you? Thankfully,
3: my body held up in the conditions.
0: Did did anybody reach out to you that, um, that you were surprised uh, by?
3: Um yeah, like a lot of uh like the runners I looked up to, like Kara Goucher and Amy Hastings and like a whole bunch yeah, a whole bunch of runners. Um there was a lot of uh a lot of attention from like BBC. So I um in the days after the race, like I had interview a bunch of interviews during the day and then i would have interviews like in the middle of the night with bbc and (laughs) (laughs) that was definitely surprising
2: you ran a 225 pr at grandma's marathon in june and you said you finished two two seconds behind dakota linworm oh
3: no sorry so uh, she actually beat me by like 40 seconds okay
2: okay gotcha Oh um, uh,
3: yeah. So second to her, but yeah.
2: Sorry. Yeah. So how was, she uh, had a great race. Oh, That's for sure. Great- for sure. So how was that? Um, I guess the training going up to that and running that race. And then I guess kind of running into what your goals are after getting that two twenty five PR, you know, maybe for Chicago.
3: Yeah. Training for grandma's. Uh, so I had my baby a year and a half ago and Um, I, I trained through my pregnancy. Um, I just decided, you know, if I, if I work hard through pregnancy, then, uh, once my baby's born, I'm going to bounce back quickly. Uh, that was extremely not the case. (laughs)
2: Uh,
3: I think I would have been better off like stopping running a couple months, uh, before she was born because For some women, they do great running the whole time. For me, like, I was in pain every single run for, like, three months at the end. Ah. Um, And I I couldn't even talk on runs because it just was so painful. Um, But I I knew my baby was safe. I wasn't hurting her. And I thought it was, I mean, it was really stupid at the time. But I thought, like, this is pregnancy-related discomfort. Like, as soon as my baby, like, this bowling ball is out of me, I'm going to... Like feel normal again, um, and when I started running after she was born, I still felt pregnant for months. Oh. Where it was like nothing had changed. I had the same pain. Yeah, so I did. I backed off. I was only running a few days a week, and it was, I mean, like a really slow, easy jog. Uh, Probably still faster I than. Of, <laughs> in my mind. No, I don't think so. It was, yeah. And I kind of thought like if I just maintain the running mechanics and a little bit of running fitness. I was doing a lot of biking at the time too, and I thought if I just maintain some fitness, um, then when I start to feel better, like I'll again like come back quicker. And finally, like when she was around six months old, I just quit running completely because I was getting slower and more painful and. So I quit running for a few months, um, actually did a bike race and got more into biking. Um, and then, uh, when she was about like 10 months old is when I started training and I able to actually run without like as much pain. Uh, so then when I was able to build up my mileage and I decided to do grandma's, uh, it was probably like the smoothest training block I've had where, like I never felt super run down. Like I finally felt healthy again. Um, I had good workouts the whole time. So I knew if I didn't like completely mess something up, like I, sh- I should have a really good day at grandma's.
0: Quick mental check here. Cause what you're saying, like I can't even equate it. The only thing I get equated to is maybe like an injury. And I know as every runner we get injured. Sometimes we're like, that's it. I'll never be able to run again when you were going through this period where you were like running slower and slower and it still felt like you were pregnant and it just wasn't snapping back. Were you like, maybe, maybe this is it for me?
3: Um, I wondered that I kind of thought, God, uh, I didn't think so. I thought, you know, my body's resilient. If I give it what it needs, it is going to come back. I mostly just felt really stupid because I did this to myself. Like, I basically created this chronic pain injury because I wouldn't chill out when I needed to. And now I was paying the consequences. So it was more just like this frustration of like, I did this. Yeah.
2: where was everybody can relate to that. Yeah, for real. Where was the actual, what was the actual pain? Like, what did it feel like or like, where was it affecting? It
3: was like, were my abs attached to my pelvis? So basically like lower abs, um, Like if I tried to do like any type of like a V sit or something, it was like excruciating pain, just like, um, and so even like running, like when my foot would hit the ground and kind of, you need your abs to stabilize like that was pretty painful.
2: Oh Oh boy. Um, so, and along the mental side of that, do you feel like that elevated your pain threshold to a new level for training or was that a different type of, pain um you know just like to get through that mentally for you know for grandmas or other training or races
3: yeah probably i think that might have been one reason like workouts uh went really well once i felt healthy is because like i had been trying for so long to run when it was painful that once like actual running was not mechanically painful like the pain of running hard was like oh this is i mean it's hard it still is something you you never get like used to that um but it was like this is something i'm in control of and i don't know it was a lot easier to deal with
2: yeah um so again you mentioned that you're leading up to chicago uh now training for that and that's uh when is it a couple months away october yeah two months away uh, how's your training going right now, and what's your goal for the race? Um,
3: yeah, it's going well. I um, I feel like the, I I knew after I knew that grandma's like I'd be able to set a set aside some time for running, and yeah, I like I said I had family support, like things lined up well. Um, I didn't set any until I committed to Chicago. I hadn't set any goals post grandma's because I knew like we'd be moving across the country and starting new jobs and everything. So, um, it's definitely like not been smooth like it has for grandma's. Um, but I also feel like, um, like I remember I listened to an interview, uh, that Nell Rojas did. And, um, I think after her most recent Boston, And I might be mixing up the timing of when she talked about, but I remember she said that uh, she had just, like, the most up-and-down training block that she'd had, and yet she went and ran an incredible race. So I tried to just, just, like, not worry so much that maybe things don't look perfect and, like, I'll have to cross-train some days. Like, things, maybe workouts won't be as smooth. But I feel like if you put in the work... And then also rest and cross train and do like back off when you need to. Like, I, I don't know, hopefully it'll still come together. Um, so I don't really have any like time goals or anything yet, but definitely would like to run, I don't know, the like, conditions permitting, I'd like to run a fast time.
0: How great is it to have like bottles on course and have nutrition, not, you don't have to think about it as much.
3: That's super nice. That's something, I, yeah, I didn't have that in Boston 2018. Um, and I think that's super beneficial. Like I definitely take advantage of that. I try to take every single one of my bottles. Um, I think if you if you don't have that, you can still run an incredible marathon. Um, you just like you said, you have to be a lot more like focused on that. You and have to carry to a lot of goose yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah
0: i mean i could you go back to running them without table service
3: (laughs) yeah i think so i would have to definitely like (laughs) practice drinking out of cups because that's what i think is hard yeah
0: (laughs) half of it down your face half of it up your nose usually for me
3: exactly sticky Ah,
0: sticky.
2: i hate that whatever
3: sports drink all over
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah um so uh The one question I want to ask you, Um, you know, you're a full time professional. You have your full time job and you have your running. You're also a parent, as we talked about. What what tips do you have for someone who might be in your position where maybe they ran earlier in life, you know, had to take off for a few years coming back into it? Or maybe they're just starting later in life and trying to juggle those things What kind of advice would you have for someone? There can be high
0: school kids with babies and stuff.
2: Yeah, but I said (laughs) in someone in her position. (laughs) So what? What? uh, So what tips would you have for those uh, for people like that trying to get into it?
3: Yeah, I have to say, I have to disclaimer. I'm only working part time now since my baby was born. I decided like. I want to spend time with her, so I'm only part time right now. Um, Real quick question about but the baby. Like basically until she was born, I was full time. Yeah,
0: you're an anesthesiologist, right? Anesthetist. Yeah, is is that the same thing? Okay, is there ever time where your baby's crying so uh, that's, much?
3: That's that's up for debate. What's that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but is there ever been a time where? You're like I could just give her a little something and she would go right out if she's uh, having that sleep. Uh,
3: I definitely so I actually thought about that. Like I never thought about obviously doing anything, but like yeah, you that have was the power. A weird thing that would pop in my head. Oh yes, where I would well, I'd just think about like well, if I was at work and a baby was acting like this. Like I know what I would give them. (laughs) I mean, I can't do that right now, but I know exactly what I would do.
2: I mean, when you have a newborn and you're in that state of mind, anything you think about anything. Um, But uh, I guess melatonin is melatonin is is the uh, legal way to do that.
3: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Yeah. Oh, but back to your question, I think that um, I think there's times and seasons for things. So. I don't know, like have your priorities very defined as far as like what you want to focus on at the moment. Cause I think you can get a lot of things done. um, But like the goal I've realized the last few years, it's my goal is not to be as busy as possible. Like I'm not as busy as I used to be. I'm not trying to just like work as much as I can and like run as much as I can. My goal right now is like be a good mom, have, enjoy time with my baby. Um, and running is very much secondary to that. And it's actually gone better than it ever has. Um, and I still am like really focused doing when I am running, but I try to like, I don't know, remember that my priority is not running or that's not my number of priority. Um, and there are some sacrifices for sure. As far as like, I mean, Whenever I leave my baby and she has a meltdown, and I'm it's if somehow it's a lot harder to leave her to go on a run when she has a meltdown versus like leaving to go to work because it's like leaving to go to work feels like more of a I don't know like I'm doing this to help support us and it's just mentally easier leaving to go on a run. It's like, well, I could just not go on a run, this feels kind of selfish, but. I don't know i think it's good for both of us to like go through that um but i don't know i guess in summary like be really defined in your priorities and sometimes like during that's the nice thing about marathoning i think is like i'm not training for a marathon all the time like you can decide you know i'm going to do this marathon and i'm going to be really focused for 16 weeks um and then i'm going to take a break and like during those 16 weeks you make some sacrifices that you maybe wouldn't make year round. Yeah.
0: So those are those are great tips for for someone in that spot. Who do you look up to as far as in the women's running cuz right now the marathon for women is really I feel like hitting a golden age of like like American or the US running is really especially on the female side, taking off. Who are some of the women that you look up to or hope to compete with soon?
3: Uh, definitely Kira is one. Uh, She's just, is like, such an awesome person, and the way she has made her comeback um, and still, like, prioritize her family, um, I think that's really inspiring. Um, and just the way that she supports her other, like, Athletes and competitors, um, but I think I don't know. There's like Kara Goucher, is someone who's always just reached out to me. Like it's immediately after Boston 2018, and then even when I've had bad races, like she's always reached out. And um, I don't know. I think running is definitely a community where like it's really cool because when you when you meet someone else who's a marathoner, like of any level. I feel like you have an instant connection and you, like, there's no, there's not the same awkwardness. It's like, you already know that they're the type of person who you're going to like be friends with. <laughs> not that you're not, that you're not friends with non-marathoners, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's a good way to connect to people.
2: Yeah. Um, so do you have a sponsor right now? I uh, wasn't sure about that. and I didn't know if you're working with any brands at the moment.
3: Um, so not officially I am, uh, joining ASICS. So oh. that's kind of like the
1: ah. hasn't,
3: yeah, that's, I've, lo- I ran grandma's and ASICS and I, have rented them the last, uh, yeah, last many months and just really loved them. So,
0: so yeah. And that's, that's good news. They have some great product right now. So at least you're with a brand that, you know, has, has some shoes that you can, Racing and and also uh, some of the daily trainers and stuff are just
3: fantastic. So,
2: what models are you racing and training in?
3: Uh, so, racing, um, I love both the Edge and the Sky. Um, I raced the marathon in the Sky, but I still am like kind of between both of them, where I don't know which I like better.
0: I was a MetaSpeed Sky guy for the first round, but the second round, this the uh, Edge Plus. Cause I have, have both of the first ones, but the edge plus is, I I think is my favorite between the two in the second round. Final check-in. Thanks for staying with us today. Like I said, not every day can be your a race. Not every day can be your full energy run. So just enjoy the fact that you got one done. You got it over with. It's in the bucket. A year from now, Strava will say, yeah, you ran that day. You won't care what the pace was. You won't care what it was. You're just glad you got the miles in getting yourself ready for fall marathons, or maybe you just running for the fun of it. But either way, good on you.
2: Okay. So a couple questions to close it out here when you are going out for a run do you use headphones or no headphones
3: uh workouts always no headphones um easy runs by myself probably two-thirds of the time headphones um i used to never i thought you like you're not a real runner if you run with headphones <laughs> <laughs> now like Yeah, probably two-thirds of the time I do. (laughs) I still try to do some just, like, long, boring runs without headphones.
0: What's what's on your playlist? What what kind of music?
3: My husband hates the running music I listen to. Like, it's all... Most of it is, like, pretty chill. Like, Coldplay, Taylor Swift.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Taylor Swift's on Megan's list.
3: There's very little pump-up... I almost I hate almost all pump-up music for running. Like, I want to... I'm already like pumped up enough myself. I want the music to like to help me feel like relaxed and smooth. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean,
0: Taylor Swift can get yeah. little... And then
3: some podcast books.
0: A little up there.
3: That's right. true. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of uh, country. Um, yeah. And then uh, Agatha Christie. I've listened to a bunch of her books. Nice. Those are good running. Is that books. murder she yeah. wrote? <laughs> Am
0: I? I think any. It, it, it's all mystery, murder yeah. mysteries and stuff, right?
3: yeah uh uh-huh. yeah <laughs> cool. they're, yeah they're good <laughs>
0: do you, it, when you finish a marathon my has
3: gotten into them too <laughs> <laughs> when,
0: when you finish a marathon what do you usually reward yourself with food and beverage wise
3: um so I usually kind of don't feel good like the whole day of the marathon I feel like it just kind of wrecks you um, once I start to feel good again um, I don't know. I love Thai food. That's like, and I I love chocolate. Like they, I have chocolate all the time, anyways. But yeah,
0: so so those not beer, vodka,
2: and uh, bourbon.
3: Nope, I'm not. I don't drink, but I. Yeah, I love I love good food though.
2: <laughs> all right, nice. So maybe a king size chocolate bar on that day. Yeah, milkshake.
3: Oh yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> cool
3: ice cream. I like ice cream. Ice cream is actually something I gave up for a very long, a long time, which is stupid. Yeah, I missed out on enjoyment <laughs> in life. But
0: I love it when people give up something they love because, like, it's like, why would you do that? You're depriving yourself of something <laughs> you love. Well, there's some reason, but exactly. Yeah. All right. Anything All right. Else? That's it. I think. I think we're good.
2: Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. All right, this was so fun. I, I listened to your um, podcast with Steve Magnus, and I need to catch up on the rest of them. But oh yeah, they, awesome. yeah, it was, it was great. I started there because I think that was the most recent one, and then I saw you had yeah all the Kira and Sarah and Emma. So I'm going to go listen to those.
0: Awesome, that's great. That's that's awesome. And um, what good luck in Chicago? Yeah, like absolutely. unfortunately we won't be there to spectate this year. We were there last year, but um. Yeah, like that's uh, hopefully you get a nice cool day. It's a great course, great city to run in. So, good luck.
3: Oh, cool. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yep. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Sarah. See-
0: so, that was fun. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We look forward to watching your progress. I Sarah, sell us. Oh,
2: sorry. Can can Sarah Sellers, great name, Sarah Sellers. Like, like alliteration, like, yeah. I love. I mean, yours truly,
0: Robbie Redinger. Yeah, Red Dinger.
2: You got it. Yeah,
0: Megan Murray. Um,
2: namath. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. you're the only one who's yeah.
0: of us three who
1: doing namath. it wrong.
0: They don't. They didn't know what to do. Nathan Newberger. I don't know. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was great. Uh, any, I would like to throw out a thank you to Brandon for editing the podcast. Uh, Megan, who are you thinking?
1: Uh, thanks for all the listeners. Hopefully we weren't too low energy this week. We'll try and bring it back. I think we're all a little bit, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah, make sure
2: you like this Wait, subscribe to this podcast and leave a review, please. Yeah.
0: Maybe they needed a podcast from us. that was a little lower energy, so they could chill like maybe they're just trying to get some easy miles in they want to chill and us not popping off all the time robbie and i going back and forth on nonsense jokes all that kind of stuff like maybe they needed
2: a break i don't know yeah so to the three people listening right now uh, thank you yeah Um,
0: (laughs) we're gonna go get ourselves some um yorkshire pudding
2: yep